Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. This past week I watched the six-episode miniseries George and Tammy, which chronicles the ups and downs in the relationship between real-life country music legends George Jones, played by Michael Shannon, and Tammy Wynette, played by Jessica Chastain. Now, on occasion, I'll listen to Buck Owens or Chris Christopherson, and I love the Old Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, although I understand that album is not exclusively country music. But other than those artists and that one album, I am not a country music fan. But I am a huge fan of music biopics, and I am attracted to extreme characters. And if you know anything about the life of George Jones outside of the studio or the stage, then you probably know about his substance abuse issues, which contributed to some wild antics. And in this series, George and Tammy, you get to see Michael Shannon recreate all of said antics. Now, this is not in any way meant to endorse bad behavior, nor is it meant to give Jessica Chastain, who again plays Tammy Wynette, short shrift, because Jessica Chastain is equally excellent in this series. Now, if any of this sounds interesting to you, if you, if you love music biopics, if you're like me and you're attracted to extreme personalities, if you love tumultuous love stories like Sid and Nancy or A Star is Born, I'm confident you'll find something to like in the series George and Tammy. Now, I liked it so much that after I watched the first episode, I looked up the book it was based on and I added it to my Want to Read queue over at Goodreads. By the way, if you're interested, the book is titled The Three of Us. Growing Up with Tammy and George, and it's by Georgette Jones, who is the daughter of George and Tammy. Now, speaking of books, and if you've listened to this podcast before, I'm sure you know where this is going. Because although there are no ads on the People Are the Enemy podcast, and there is no Patreon set up for it, I am the author of 10 self-published novels that are all currently available worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can purchase all of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you're a fan of the People Are the Enemy podcast, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some excellent fiction, the best way to do that is to buy one or two of my books. Now, if you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. are the enemy listeners this is episode 273 of the people are the enemy podcast thank you for checking it out where's that microphone we gotta get this show going here we got we got things to do all right you beautiful weirdos come on now get into it you found it you made it in one piece we're all here together we're all grooving we're all moving 
Gonna put a smile on your face. Gonna have some fun today. That's right. How you feeling? Not good? Too good. Is there such a thing? Thanks for being here with me. You know there's nothing I love more than doing this show every week for you. And I love that you're listening. And you're right. The rest of the world is wrong. All right. You ready? Let's get into it. That was The Hives, by the way. Tick, tick, boom. Oh my God, that band is good, huh? You know, it was just a couple weeks ago, I, I was listening to some music, uh, just kind of going through old things. And uh, I remembered The Hives, and I, I said to myself, gosh, that, that Tyrannosaurus Hives album? Oh, it's so good. I remember I, I took it out of my library uh, just on a whim. It was, uh, you know, I'd heard the band, obviously. I think they had a couple big singles in the aughts. And uh, I said, you know what? Let's see how this whole album is. And oh my God, did it kick ass. Holy crap, what a great band. Hope those guys are doing all right. <laughs> I was thinking about it, you know, you don't hear from a band for a, for a while and you wonder like, are they okay? Maybe they're just enjoying their lives, you know? Uh, hopefully that's, uh, that's what's happening. So what's happening with you? How is your life going? How are things? How have you been? What have you been doing? What's going on? Are you are you enjoying uh, are you enjoying the uh, the end of March? We made it through the Ides, and here we are at the tail end of it. I'm I'm hoping for warmer days because I am getting a little stir bug. You know, I, I want to take my dog to the uh, to the park. That's what I'm dying to do. Boy, oh boy. Um, hey, uh, speaking of the show. <laughs> I'm working on getting guests. Okay, we've got some we've got uh, some interest. So, hang tight. I promise people are coming. If you don't like my monologues or you're just say, "Andy, you know, uh I've heard you do your solo thing and I'm ready for some guests now." Well, well, please sit tight. I'm promise you, we're going to get you some more guests. Uh and uh you're going to be happy. I I promise you that. Uh shoot. You know, I there's another story in the news this past week of uh, a 90 something-year-old celebrity uh, crashing his car that he was driving. And you might have heard of this. And uh, it's it's Dick Van Dyke. He's 97 years old. And he's okay, okay? Uh, obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, try to make light of any kind of situation where somebody was hurt. But I guess he, he ran his car into a gate. And he was uh, up and about immediately after. And I saw the photos. You know, I saw proof that he was walking... They said minor injuries. I don't know what that meant, but he looked he looked all right to me. But 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 again, therein lies the uh, the thinking on my part. Like, why is Dick Van Dyke driving at ninety seven years old? And uh, I mentioned this to my father, who is a man of a certain age, and uh, I won't say his age because I know he has age vanity, as do I, as do I. I don't like mentioning my age. But uh, my father said, you know, because I said, why why would why would uh, Dick Van Dyke still be driving at 97. And my dad said, you know, it's it's about independence. He probably he probably wants to feel independent. Nobody, you know, nobody likes having that that freedom taken away for, from themselves, you know, whether it's uh, you know, whether it's a 97-year-old or, you know, a 77-year-old. You know, these people these people want to live their lives and, and still enjoy it uh, to its fullest and be as, as free as they can. And I, I guess I, I guess I get it, you know. Uh and, and I've said this before on the show. You know, when I, I, my dream is to have, uh, you know, a driver and somebody, who, you know, to, to, uh, like a chef, like a personal chef, 
but I, I don't think it's, it's a matter of, it's, it's a matter of me, uh, wanting to give up that independence. I think it's more a matter of me, uh, enjoying that sort of, uh, luxury, right? Because, you know, if you've got somebody driving you, you could do a million other things. And I, I'm a busy person. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm editing my book. I'm editing a book right now. I'm the, I'm, I'm just about at the end of the sixth edit, which means I'm halfway through, uh, what I hope will be my 2023 novel. And when I say what I hope will be, I only ever say that because God knows anything can happen in this life. And, uh, you know, I try to stay healthy and I try to stay safe and uh, I want to live a long life, and I want to be able to produce art for a long, long time. Uh, but uh, God knows, things can can take you off track. And uh, you know it as well as I do. There's been, you know, folks that promised things for years that have, you know, never materialized for one reason or another. And it's because, yeah, there's, you know, life things happen. But uh, I've been very, very lucky in that my last nine books have come out uh, around the same time each year, which is usually late summer, early fall. And I should say, I'm, yeah, my last nine, because there was a space between the first one and the, the second one. But uh, but uh, my next one should be out around the same time. Again, God willing, uh, as long as as long as I stay on track and I stay healthy, you know. Uh, but but my point, sorry, I didn't mean to, to digress. But uh, yeah, my point is like if I had somebody doing things for me, like driving me somewhere, and you know, I, I do have to get places, I have to get to and from work. I have, uh, you know, parents that live in uh, on in in opposite sides of of uh, of of where I live, and uh, and uh, it would be nice to have somebody driving me so that I could do other things, you know, while uh, while I was getting a ride to where I need to be, you know, and uh, also, you know, with with meals, I'd like to have somebody make me my meals because I don't take any pleasure in in creating creating meals for myself, and I eat the same things again and again and again, and the only reason why I do that is because. You know, these meals that I make myself are very simple, number one. And number two, you know, if I don't have to worry about what I'm eating, if I know it's going to be the same thing every day, then I can, my mind is free to think about other things and be creative. And uh, yeah, so anything that can make my life easier, I, I think is a, a luxury and uh, I'd like to, to be able to enjoy that. But I guess I get it. I get it in terms of uh, Dick Van Dyke. And I'm sure, again, Dick Van Dyke has had a long, successful career I'm sure that uh, that he could, if he wanted, uh, have somebody drive him here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but again, uh, as my father had explained, and I'm sure he's correct, it's uh, it's about enjoying your independence and being able to do things for yourself. And I'm sure the same thing with, and I probably even more so with Clint Eastwood, who was uh, somebody that that had a you know had not a similar accident issue, but was photographed filming his car or photographed. Uh, 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 filling his car, rather, with gasoline. And I thought, like, why is this 90-something-year-old man who's been very successful in his life filling his car with gasoline? But uh, Clint is a director, and uh, he's obviously a take-charge kind of person. You have to be in order to be in that kind of line of work. And uh, I'm sure that he doesn't like to uh, to give up control too easily. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Anyway, um, I don't have too much for you today, but I did have this. I thought this was a lot of fun. This is something that a coworker sent me, and uh, you're going to love this. What it is, it's a uh, the conservative talk radio station in the city I live. Uh, somebody pranked the station, and uh, it was a guy who called himself Bill from Nashua. <laughs> and what he did was, uh, in his comments to the station, his, uh, his objective was to try to get uh, kind of like a secret in 
to his 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 uh, his comments as many punk bands as he could. So this it's a lot of fun, and I I you might have seen it. I put the clip up, clip up on on uh, on Twitter, and uh, it's not not so much visual though. It's really obviously it's, it's made it's radio, so it's it's more made for for this format. And I I said you know what, uh, I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed it, but it's worth playing again. And then what I'd like to do is after I play it once through for you, um, I'd like to play it and try to count all the bands that Bill names, and we'll we'll see how many we can count, okay? And maybe I miss some, and if I do, I want you to let me know, okay? But uh, again, so this is, a, this is a conservative talk radio station in the city where I live, Nashua, New Hampshire, and this is a fella named Bill from Nashua calling in uh, and trying to get in as many cons- punk bands as he can into, uh, into his comments. So check this out. Here we go. Got Bill on the line. He's calling from here in Nashua. Hi, Bill. Hi, Liz. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Good. You know, I think uh, one of my main problems is uh, I'm, I'm a Republican in a fairly liberal area, and at times I feel like everyone is just like against me. So I feel like what we need to do is listen to what our descendants told us because. In the past, we refused to live, like, a life of agony. I'm just, you know, I'm sick of it all. I'm sick of people thinking we're just a minor threat, you know? Enough of that Fugazi. I mean, a lot of these people, they just got bad brains, and they're misfits who wave, you know, a black flag. They're practically anti-flag. You know, I think we need to converge and help the youth of today, because every time you blink, 182 kids, they go missing. So I don't think we should be exploited anymore. We need to rise against or, you know, they're going to have to deal with the fallout, boy. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. And more and more folks are. Um, and, and this is good. Right, guys? Well, yeah. It, yep. it, always, it always happens. We have uh, the left takes power. They overreach. A new group of people rises up, like now it's parents mostly. And... Um, yeah, we've been trying to, quote-unquote, weaponize Granite Rock to say, look, get involved. Here's a group here, a group here, a group here. Because people realize, yes, I want that. I'm mad as hell, as I, and I'm not going to take it anymore moment. Everybody needs that. We try to help in our very self-effacing way. Self-effacing way. <laughs> so. Well, anyway... Yeah. I'll let you guys go. Uh, I'm going to head out. I'm going to go catch some real big fish. I hope you guys <laughs> Are you going to ha- eat that uh, really big fish for your Thanksgiving well, meal? Well, not if it tastes rancid. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Bill. Hey, thank you for calling in, and um, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your day. Newfound glory to you guys. See thank you, Bill. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so. <laughs> Did you love that? I loved it. Okay, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play it again, and uh, I'm going to chime a bell every time I recognize a band, okay? Uh, if I miss any, please uh, let me know via you know Twitter or however else you want to get in touch with us. But uh, I thought this would be fun. Okay, so I'm going to play it again, uh, and we're going to listen to Bill from Nashua call into a conservative talk radio station and try to get in as many punk bands as he can into his comment. And I will ding the bell every time I recognize a punk band. But I'm just saying, he, he really got a lot of them in there. So I will, uh, if I miss any, do please let me know. All right, here we go. Here's Bill from Nashua. Okay, 
We have got Bill on the line. He's calling from here in Nashua. Hi, Bill. Hi, Liz. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Good. You know, I think one of my main problems is uh, I'm, I'm a Republican in a fairly liberal area. And at times I feel like everyone is just like against me. So I feel like what we need to do is listen to what our descendants told us. Because in the past, we refused to live like a life of agony. I'm just, you know, I'm sick of it all. I'm sick of people thinking we're just a minor threat, you know? Enough of that Fugazi. I mean, a lot of these people, they just got bad brains and they're misfits who wave, you know, a black flag. They're practically anti-flag. You know, I think we need to converge and help the youth of today because every time you blink, 182 kids, they go missing. So I don't think we should be exploited anymore. We need to rise against or, you know, they're going to have to deal with the fallout, boy. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. And more and more folks are. Um, and, and this is good. Right, guys? Well, yeah. It, yep. it, always, it always happens. We have uh, the left takes power. They overreach. A new group of people rises up, like now it's parents, mostly. And, um, yeah, we've been trying to, quote-unquote, weaponize Granite Rock to say, look, get involved. Here's a group here, a group here, a group here, because people realize, yes, I want that, I'm mad as hell, as I, and I'm not going to take it anymore moment. Everybody needs that. We try to help in our very self-effacing way. Right on. Okay, I got I got twenty. How many did you guys get? <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. Really, really cool. And that's about it. At this point, I am going to hand things off to our friend Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, here is Rachel from Des Moines with the chart chat. Take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's chart chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened to the special last week with songs parodied in commercials, and especially those who sent in some that I had missed. Much appreciated, and I will highlight those in a future installment. So last week, the charts we would have covered were 79 and 88. Uh, so here's a few songs from March 10th of 1979. At number 95 is You Can't Win by Michael Jackson from the Wiz movie soundtrack. And the movie came out in 78. And earlier, uh, there had been a previous single released from that soundtrack, Ease On Down the Road by Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. That made it to number 41. Uh, you Can't Win uh, 81 was the peak for that one. Uh, this was sung by Michael as the Scarecrow. Um, the song was written by Charles Smalls, who did the music and lyrics for this Wiz the Stage show. And I learned that there was some differences between the stage and the screen. This song was originally sung by different characters and it had been cut. And then I think after the film, they put it back in again, and then recently it's been removed. At uh, number 69 is Blow Away by George Harrison. That would make it to number 16. Had good response to the Cracker Box Palace, so I wanted to include some more from George. 
Uh, this was the first single off of his eighth solo album, which was self-titled. Uh, Wikipedia describes one as a fan favorite. I feel like it's a simple, kind of a simple song, but it can grow on you. Uh, in 88, there's also some songs, also some singles from George. In the 79 chart, there's two singles by the Blues Brothers, which is, of course, uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd as an act from Saturday Night Live that kind of spun off from there. And I was listening to these and I truly had to Google, like, what was the point of the Blues Brothers? Um, So I learned a little bit about the origin. And then on Double Threat, when they asked, you know, what was the joke of the Blues Brothers? My answer would be that a guy that grew up in Chicago, you know, John Belushi, had to go to Eugene, Oregon to learn about the blues. And that's where he was at when he was filming the movie Animal House. And he got connected by a blues musician, Curtis Salgado, who sang and played the harmonica and uh, turned John Belushi on to all these old blues records to the point that he got super obsessed. That's all he wanted to listen to. And then he and Dan Aykroyd put this act together. So there's way more to it than that, but that that's the gist in my mind. At number 42, we have Dog and Butterfly by Heart. That would make it to number 34. This is the second single from the fourth album, also called Dog and Butterfly. And this represents a change from some of the harder rock they're known for and towards uh, Anne and Nancy's folk influences. And I read that Anne Wilson was inspired to write this song by truly seeing a dog chasing a butterfly and playing around. And she felt it inspired her to keep going, keep after it. I think if you're a classic rock listener, you probably know this song, but maybe others don't. It doesn't quite have the same, I don't think it's quite on the same level as some other of the heart songs, meaning it doesn't have the same level of being known in modern pop culture. At number 38 is He's the Greatest Dancer by Sister Sledge. That'll make it to number nine. That was the first single off of their third album, and it was written by Bernard Edwards and Nile Rodgers. This was their second charting single. Um, Previously, they made it onto the Hot 100 at number 92. So top 10, it's a pretty huge jump. The follow-up to this one would be We Are Family, which is what they're most known for, I would say. Uh, if, if this song sounds familiar, it was sampled in Getting Jiggy With It in the late 90s. And uh, of note, the lyrics reference fashion designers Halston, Gucci, Fiorucci. And then also on the chart this week is Billy Joel's Big Shot, which references the Halston dress. So good week for, for references to him. Moving on uh, from March 12th of 1988, at number 38, a song called You Don't Know by Scarlet and Black. That would make it to number 20. They were a UK pop duo composed of Robin Hidd and Sue, Sue West. And Robin, that's a guy, Robin. He played keyboards in a group called Big Supreme. And Sue was a backing vocalist for Doctor and the Medics. And this song, I feel like just from reading the title, it doesn't ring a bell. But when I hear it, it just sounds incredibly instantly familiar to me. It sounds like maybe it was influenced a little bit by True Blue, the Madonna song, or I've also, I also read someone else felt it sounded like everybody wants to rule the world. At number 25 is uh, George Harrison again with When We Was Fab, make it to number 23. That was the second single off his 11th solo album called Cloud Nine. And I include this one mostly to encourage you to watch the video. Really creative and pretty funny. He also this is, So this is obviously talking about his time in the Beatles. And he'd also written a song in 81 called All Those Years Ago, which was, you know, about that as well, but more focusing on uh, John Lennon, who had recently been killed. I think this one, if you really like the, the Beatles or, and you like to hear the kind of the pastiche of their sound, you'll enjoy this one. 
And number 16 is a song called Rocket to You, number two, letter U, by a group called The Jets. And this was the second, the third single from their third album called Magic. And The Jets were a family band made up of brothers and sisters from the Wolfgram family from Minneapolis. And the family was of Tongan descent. And originally they started out with eight family members, five brothers and three sisters. And then before this album, brother Eugene left to form the duo Boys Club. And the lyrics to this song feels like they're describing an area under the friend zone, worse than the friend zone. It's the repairman zone. So she's only calling him when she needs help with things getting fixed. A couple of things I learned about the Jets. And now these, I remember these guys being huge in the late 80s. And then they just kind of fell off. But they did have some really big singles, you know, up-tempo and then some ba- really great ballads too. Their band's original name was Quasar after the electronics brand. And my family had a Quasar VCR, so that's intriguing to me. And as of 2022, Wikipedia reports that they've split into two different camps. There's the Jets, and then there's the Jets' original family band. At number six is a song called Just Like Paradise by David Lee Roth. That was a peak for this one. This was the first single off of his second solo album. And so uh, for news radio fans, sadly, that was not off of the Crazy from the Heat EP. This one I just included because it just puts me in a good mood. Um, and it actually reminds me of in college, I, at the place I worked, we had a drink, frozen drink machine called Parrot Ice. And so my friend, and also named Andy, that I worked with, we would sing, this must be just like drinking Parrot Ice. If you like David Lee Roth, you like this one. If you don't like his whole thing, this is probably a skip for you. So from this week, uh, there was a chart from March 15th of 1975. And starting off at number 100 is Joe Walsh with a song called Turn to Stone. And that's down from a peak of number 93. This is the only single from his third solo album called So What? And I included this just because I like the sound of it and just the idea that there's another good song called Turn to Stone. And I learned that this originally was done when he was in a group called Joe Walsh and Barnstorm, which is the band he was in after he left the James Gang. At number 52 is a song that Carl Douglas did called Dance the Kung Fu. That made it to number 48. This is the second single from his album Kung Fu Fighting and Other Great Love Songs. So obviously this is the follow-up to Kung Fu Fighting. And I learned that that one uh, was originally meant to be as a B-side for his song I Want to Give You My Everything. But it just uh, people from the label knew a hit when they heard one and so made that uh, Kung Fu Fighting as the A-side. And to get this, this follow-up, still on the coattails, made it number 48, it's impressive. And um, it actually entered the charts one week after Kung Fu Fighting finally fell off. At number 38 is Walking in Rhythm by the Blackbirds with a Y. And that made it to number six. This was the first single off of their second album, Flying Start. And the Blackbirds were an R&B jazz funk fusion group from Washington, D.C., and I think people might know this one. I'm not sure. Um, I had known it for a while, but then really came to appreciate it after it was used in semi-pro in a scene where the team is performing a dance routine in these goofy, uh, you know, tropical and undersea costumes. And it's also on the soundtrack. This was the Blackbird's highest-charting single on the pop side. They did have a number three hit called "Happy Music." Uh, on the, it was, they had another hit called "Happy Music," which is a number three on the R&B chart and number 19 on the pop side. And finally, from the 70s this week, at number 36, 
is Butter Boy by Fanny. Uh, this may get to number 29. That was the group's final charting single and their highest chart position they reached. Uh, at this point, uh, the s- sister June Millington had left the band, and she was replaced by Patty Quattro, who was a sister of Susie Quattro. And Jean Millington reportedly wrote the song about the time when she was dating David Bowie. Um, and the band broke up between the release of the album and single. So I just thought it was interesting that their the last song that they had it put out in their in that form was the highest. Well, I will save the 80s chart for next week. That's all the time I have for now. Thanks so much. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff, as always. This has been episode 273 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.mancamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.